You are listening to Love Your Practice with Dr. Laura Mock. I'm a general dentist, a practice owner, and a certified life coach. I teach women who own dental practices to lead with intention and literally fall in love with their businesses. Keep listening and you will see how learning to love your practice turns into loving your life too. Hello, welcome to another episode of my podcast. I'm Dr. Laura Mock, and I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for your patience. I was a little bit missing for a couple of weeks there as I deal with stuff that's happening with my family. Um, I am excited to be back today and to tell you about the interview that I did last night. It was actually on my favorite podcast guest ever, and I can say that. Um, confidently because it was my little sister, Marla. And we just had a very boisterous conversation centering around what it's like to be uh, a woman who takes care of humans as a profession and then comes home to take care of children at home. And just kind of got really real about expectations and, and, you know, having the shoulds or thinking that you should be this way or that way. And and just kind of being kind to yourself. I will let you know before you listen to this episode that we get a little boisterous. So maybe have the volume controls ready nearby because I think maybe some of our laughing got sort of loud. And then sometimes my sister Marla gets expressive and she starts to whisper. So I'm guessing there's a little bit of audio stuff in there. And also, um, I just want to say before you listen, we do reference some funny pictures and some interesting ones. And I have those all in the show notes on my website, loveyourpractice.net, including the one of her daughter naked on the ladder. We figured out how to make that appropriate. So um, if you haven't been to my website before, check it out. There's a section for the podcast and we'll see you on the other side. Thank you. I would like to welcome to our podcast, my little sister. Marla, welcome. Thank you. Very happy to be here. I really love listening to myself being recorded. Um, so I'm really excited to never listen to this podcast. <laughs> okay. She's already being sarcastic, folks. Just get used to it. All right. So just a, a couple of um, prequels here. If you're watching this on video, my lovely sister recently had a surgical SARMI and well, surgical, I'm sorry, sorry, the S stands for surgical, but um, she had a SARMI. And so when you look at her, it's a little bit like a hippopotamus right now. And she's smiling for the camera at the moment, just in case you're just listening and maybe hop over to YouTube to see it. If you want to, that gap is a lot smaller than it used to be. Yeah. Um, my biggest point. So SARMI is a surgically assisted rapid maxillary expansion mm -hmm. um, that I had done at the University of Iowa. Dr. Frederick and he was mm -hmm. wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, they, my, my greatest expansion was 1.4 centimeters. You mean like between your two incisors? Yeah, in between my two teeth. So they split my maxilla down the middle and we cranked it open for three weeks. And then I sat at 1.4 for like six months for it to fill in and heal and set. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm down to like a, a six or a seven, a yeah. six maybe. Yeah, it looks like six to me. Yeah, so yeah, it's still walrusy, but you know. yeah, it's less alarming. So the mask mandate right now with COVID has been 
quite lovely. Really good timing. Yeah. Re- really good timing mm-hmm. for having the walrus mouth. So, yes. so that's good. And when you're done, you'll be patting yourself on the back because Marla had a bite where um, she had a cross a crossbite right in the center of um, her incisors. So like eight was in crossbite, but nine wasn't. And that was only the only one of the places where your teeth even touched. Yeah, they occluded in three places, mm-hmm. the very front and the very back. That's yeah. yeah. Otherwise my bite was completely open. Got better. Yeah, now you can chew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. So anyway, um, that was just a side note and to try to lure you onto YouTube so you can see what she looks like. <laughs> Come over to the circus. Look at my crazy mouth. <laughs> and guys, this is not the same sister that I did that big restorative veneer case on. We have jaw issues in our family. So yeah, um, this is another one. Maybe we'll do veneers on you too. Okay. <laughs> she was like, that was quick. Sounds wonderful. Yeah. Okay. So just to give our listeners a little bit of background, Marla is one of the key people in my life who, because of her, her, I am who I am. Because when I decided that I wanted to be a dentist, I had two very small children and Marla and I lived in the same city, Cedar Rapids, and Marla was a senior or between? No, it's a senior. A senior in in high high school. school. And I made arrangements when I decided I wanted to go to dental school. I went to Marla and I said, can you watch my kids while I'm at school? And I would take classes like um, in the evenings and Saturday mornings and stuff. And she would um, she would come over and watch the kids. And then I moved to full time after she graduated and, and you were my full time babysitter. And what's ironic about that is that I used to babysit you because you are 10 years younger than I am. So like I was, was a drag. I'm really sorry. <laughs> Having to take care of you was like, oh my gosh, it wasn't just Marla. Like there were three littles. Oh, yeah. Three little girls. Girls. <laughs> three little girls. Yeah. And now your son Max is right now watching my two children mm-hmm. so that we can do this. Yeah. Circle of life. The circle, the of, circle life of life just yes. keeps turning. Yes. Who knows what'll happen next, but yeah, we've all babysat each other basically is, is the idea there. So that's the first thing that I just wanted to say, like you guys, my sister Marla is a super awesome person and I owe a lot to her. And she is a very good example to me <clears throat> about of some of the things that we're going to talk about tonight, today, tonight, whatever. Yeah. So why don't you tell us, Marla, let, let's hear a little bit about you. Okay. So what do you do? Tell us about your kids, that type of thing. Okay. Um, so I just celebrated my 10 year anniversary of having my RN and being a nurse at Mercy Medical Center here in Cedar Rapids. Um, I've been at Mercy for 10 years, but I've done a couple of different things within um, the hospital. And so right now I do cardiac imaging, non-invasive cardiac imaging. So the stress tests, um, the TEEs, halter monitoring, um, mostly just procedural stuff, which I love. Because I get to take my patients, I get to take care of them one patient at a time, pour some love into them, and then say, okay, bye, you're ordering physician follow-up from there. Mm-hmm. So I really love that. Like, I've been doing this now for two mm-hmm. years, and I, mm-hmm. this is a really good fit for me. 
Um, it's also, there's some on-call time on the weekends, but there's generally holidays and stuff. We're not open, you know, we're not, um, it's not like a traditional nursing job where you are sucked into the weekends and the holidays and there is no getting out of that. So with, for, for this type of position, we're just kind of on call. Um, I'm married to a wonderful man. Um, he's a CPA. So we have certain times of the year that are just insane. Mm-hmm. Um, Where you're basically a single mom yeah. for like three months or four if there's COVID. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the last two years, tax season has been ex- uh, extended. Yep. And then um, we have two children. We have Walter, who is five and a half. He um, has autism and he is a ray of sunshine. He's just absolutely wonderful and just a good kid. Great. And then our sweet little Alice, who Hmm. is just so beautiful. She's got these big brown eyes and these big ringlets. And she's so naughty. She's so naughty. And nothing is sacred and nothing is safe from that child. We basically call her Alice the Destroyer. I have a picture of her on my phone. She's climbing up a ladder completely naked and unattended. And that's kind of like quintessential Alice just reaching up to try to grab something on the ladder. And Yeah. yeah. When she was one and a half, we built a fence around um, an area of our yard that's not super kid friendly. And she was like, oh what's this fence for? I'll just learn how to scale this retaining wall, this three foot retaining wall, and I'll just go there anyway. So she's just, she's a little force of nature and we love her. Mm -hmm. Um, That's that's it. And then two naughty dogs because I'm overly permissive. Yeah. And for some reason you wanted a second one and now you have them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I just want to point out here, you're not a dentist. Most of the people who listen to this podcast are dentists, but I want to talk to you about being a working mom. Mm-hmm. And even though you're not in dentistry, I feel like your job's not really that different from ours because it's procedure, 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 supporting a human through this, supporting a human through this, you know, getting through those because you're cardiac unit. So yeah. Some of the stuff is a little stressful for the patients and yeah. you kind of pour, like you said, pour some love into this person, then the next person. And then you go pick up your naughty kids. Well, one's naughty, one's a ray of sunshine. And you like do your second, second job. Yeah. Second shift. Yeah, exactly. We, um, we got away for a lot of years with not having like, daycare mm-hmm. um when we first had Walter um our parents were living with us with me and so they watched Walter so I didn't have to do that traditional like wake up two hours early get everybody ready at like 5 a.m drive to the daycare then drive to work I was literally able to um turn on a baby monitor and say okay mom <laughs> while they're sleeping but now we're in a situation where we are doing classic daycare so like I really am getting myself and Alice up early because we have a daycare that we love and we drive 
pretty far away yeah. to get it. So I'm about 20 minutes away from our house mm-hmm. and then drive back to the hospital. And so it really is, there are definitely days where I pick up the kids and I get home and I'm like, I did six procedures today, back to back to back. Mm-hmm. I have nothing left to give. <laughs> so here are our bowls of cereal. Mm-hmm. And you want ice cream with that? <laughs> Great. <laughs> what kind? <laughs> so this is what I want to talk to you about, Marla, because this thing where women think that they have to, and I'm using bunny quotes for those listening and not watching, they have to maintain um, the standard that's made up in our minds by society and our own dreams and expectations. Like, I feel like you just whisper or speak it very well, but we don't have to do that to be good parents. No, we absolutely do not. I think that as parents, we kind of get trapped in to thinking or wanting our kids to experience the best and be the best all the time. Be on the team and be the smartest and be the whatever, but speak a different language, um, be ahead of their peers, you know, wear shoes. Wear shoes. Yeah. (laughs) No joke. I have taken both of my children to their daycares and realized that they don't have shoes on. Yeah. Within the last couple of months. In fact, I started, I I leave a pair of shoes at Alice's daycare. That's pretty wise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So when Walter was first born, I had had this, this plan, this vision of this perfect birth. And this perfect postpartum period where I would take care of myself. And Leah came, who she had training as a postpartum doula, and she was going to help take care of me. And it was going to be great. And Walter had this really traumatic, awful birth. <laughs> and he, we had a emergency section and um, emergent in the way that I wasn't even like, given a block like they put me all the way under because it needed to happen so quickly and they didn't have time to just give me um a spinal block or a tap or whatever else they call it can we say about how you were brought into the hospital on the gurney I mean it's a little graphic but these are women we're talking about okay so here's what happened <laughs> um Walter's Um, placenta the cord prolapsed meaning that when I was still in baby labor barely having contractions the cord came out um, and then every time I was having a contraction his head was kind of just bouncing on top of it still because I was just having these little contractions but that is an an OB emergency because once real contractions start the baby is literally cutting off its own supply so um when I figured out that my cord had prolapsed, I was still at home. And so I, I call my mom and I'm like, mom, I need, um, can you see my cord? And I was like, you, we either need to go to the hospital right now. We need to call an ambulance or we need to go to the hospital right now. And she goes, let's just go. And so they live close. Yeah. Like really four close. minutes away from the yeah. hospital. Um, 
And so I get in the back of the minivan and I, I lay the seat back and I put my legs up, up on the seat in front of me and I lift my pelvis in the air um, to kind of take some pressure off of that. And I call the OB unit and I say, I'm a mom, I'm in labor. Um, my cord has prolapsed. Do you want me to go to the emergency room entrance or do you want me to meet you at the um, outside labor of the OB delivery. labor and delivery? Yeah. And they're like, oh, how do you know that your cord prolapsed? <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, I felt it and my mom saw it. And um, they're like, okay, we'll meet you outside. And so they they met me there and they had a wheelchair, uh, which is fine. Uh, Listen, I am only grateful for these women. I am only grateful okay. for these women. Okay. And so I kind of sat on the edge of the wheelchair and they whipped me into the first room. And they're like, okay, we're going to need you to take your clothes off. And I just dropped my pants right there in the middle of the room. <laughs> and one of the nurses goes, I can see the cord. Get on the bed and they throw me in the bed and they literally rip my clothes off <laughs> and they're throwing patches and monitors on me and they've got the little Doppler out and they can't find anything. And this nurse, her name is Susan. I don't remember her last name. She literally got, she crawled onto the bed in between my legs and just the baby's head. She just, I swear, oh my gosh, it hurts so bad. So she's pushing Walter's head off of the cord, right? Like yeah. she is what is keeping his head from pushing down and cutting off blood supply. Yeah. So bless that woman. I know. And they literally, so they, they can't find anything. So they throw a sheet over me mm-hmm. <laughs> and take me straight to the mm-hmm. OR. Mm-hmm. And Susan, bless her heart. They literally put her under the surgical drape. Oh my she, gosh. She was there under the surgical drape. Like make a finger yeah, or something up there when they're doing mean. their infirm. Yeah. Walter turned out fine. Yeah, yeah, Walter's fine. And fine. and you're fine, and Susan's finger is fine too. Yeah. The whole point of the story was <laughs> when I got home, there are restrictions. You're not, you you've been cut open. Like yes. a C-section is a major surgery. And so I would be trapped on the couch trying to breastfeed, mm-hmm. which was also a huge failure. Fine. <laughs> and we had this huge dog and I would be trapped on the couch trying to breastfeed and I would just see the dog hair and I would see the toys and the books that needed to be picked mm. up or the shoes that needed to go away and up until then it had just been me and Nick we're mm-hmm. fairly neat clean people like we had a standard of cleanliness and just kind of you just had to let go you just, I literally would tell myself, don't see it. <laughs> don't see it. Don't see it. <laughs> don't see the dog hair because you can't vacuum right now. No. You can't put this baby down and you can't vacuum that. There's literally nothing that you can do about that dog hair right now unless you want to dictate the task to your husband. Mm-hmm. And I want to do that because new moms don't like to dictate and so that's that's where that's where I started to kind of have to teach myself that it's okay if things aren't perfect and like when I when I started being a parent I had expectations but I didn't even really call them expectations they were more like assumptions of how great things were going to be and I was picturing myself being a mom with a clean kitchen 
and we were all the clean faces. Nobody's going to cry in the Walmart. You know, we're going to go on trips to the Grand Canyon and stuff and everything's just going to be like, you don't know what you don't know. You can't picture the crying at 3 a.m. or the poop up the back or, or that nursing thing where you just have to sit there and feed your baby while the chaos around you increases. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it. And I think it's just like sitting with that feeling of it's okay that I can't take care of it right now, or it's okay that it stays not perfect, or it's okay if it stays dirty and like learning to be okay with that or teaching yourself to just not see it. Mm-hmm. Just don't see the dirt. Don't yeah. see the mess. Don't see the mess. Walter, every time we would put him in this jumper, we literally had to like layer blankets underneath it because he would just blow out and would just... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm poop all the way down his legs onto the blanket and of course you know you clean that up but like it's just it's okay if there's a mess yeah and and I feel like so we're women and we're um we're healthcare providers and we want to be the best all the time right Mm -hmm. we have this certain standard of perfection for how we are professionals and that mindset of I have to do this perfect um, continues on into our motherhood unless we allow ourselves to keep it real. And that's just something that I feel like you do a really good job of. Yeah. Well, I have children that are really good at keeping it real as well. <laughs> so, so there's that as well. I get help. Yeah. So what do you do? So you're busy, right? And you just went to full time. So now you work five days a week, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you have these children, Alice the Destroyer, and of course, Angelic Walter, but how do you take care of you? I have a really great husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have help. I have a support system. I have resources. I have people that are willing to help, including you and your family. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to point out that we're almost a year out from the anniversary of the derecho that we had here in Cedar Rapids, where Laura drove what should have been a 15 minute drive, took you an hour and a half, I think. I think, I can't remember. To get over to me after the storm because the roads were just blocked with trees. It was basically like driving through a war zone. Like we had been in bombed, that our city had been bombed, but it was the storm called the derecho, which is means straight wind. Yeah. And it, destroyed our city and cars were driving around trying to figure out where to go down trees down electrical wires and I had to go across the city to try to rescue you from your house which is in a neighborhood with these super old oak trees that were just down oh such a beautiful neighborhood but the trees were all over the place and we basically had to hike in and out of that neighborhood yeah yeah I mean like literally like just grab whatever you can. Mm-hmm. I didn't have car seats or anything. We literally hiked out of the neighborhood. I had Walter and I was saying, we're, we're hiking through a jungle. Mm-hmm. And as we're like climbing over logs and like these huge trees that are down. Yeah. And, um, but, and then I stayed with Laura for two weeks mm-hmm. because it took that long for us to even get power back to our neighborhood. 
Um, but back to how you take care of yourself. Yes, taking care of yourself. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you. You're so wonderful. Yeah, but let's go back to, so you say you have help, but I just want to point out that a lot of women feel uncomfortable asking for help. And what would you say if you had a friend who was like, I don't want to ask my mother-in-law, she's already so busy, or I don't want to ask my husband, he works too hard already. This is what a therapist said to me once. (laughs) First off, get yourself some therapy. Step number one. (laughs) My therapist, um, and I don't think that this is verbatim at all, but she was talking about um, expectations that I had for myself. And she was like, well, would you ever judge one of your friends like that? Like if they had a dirty house or if they were having a hard time or whatever. And I was like, no, of course not. So, um, I asked you, uh, what would you say to a friend who was like, I don't oh, that doesn't want to ask for help. If you had a friend, like if I came to you and I said, Laura, I am quadruple booked on this day and I am freaking out and I don't, I need to do X, Y, Z. I need help. Would your first thought to be, oh, Laura was a bad planner. She should have done this better. She should have whatever or would you be like oh I wonder how can I how can I help this person that I love and adore yes right so a lot of times we assume that we're just um that we don't want to bother people Mm -hmm. but helping people is also one way that you show your love and how you feel about another person right so like I'm always really happy to help you because I love you you're my sister like Mm -hmm right? This is a relationship. So when you're not asking, you're kind of taking away somebody else's opportunity to serve. Yeah. Or, but also just, I don't know, does that make sense? Well, yeah, it does because I need opportunities to show you that I love you. And if you don't tell me what you need, then I'm missing out on that opportunity to show you that. Yeah. And then also, I just think it's okay for someone, especially a mom, to say, I need help. Yeah. And that doesn't mean anything bad about us that we need help. Yeah. It means we we recognize when we're in over our heads. And sometimes help just means somebody else watches the kids while we sleep in or um, while we take a bath Yeah. or just. And we also, I think as moms, we feel like we can't ask for help unless it's something like really dire. Right. And like, instead of like, I need somebody to watch my kids. So I'm going to my nails done. <laughs> <laughs> Which by the way, your nails look amazing. Look at those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm feeling a little naked here with mine, but um, everybody can be as fabulous as me. So. <laughs> um, so yeah, you can ask for help. And I, I honestly, I know that it's hard because I know that people came to my house after I had Walter and I was thinking to myself, I have clean dishes in the dishwasher. It would be so nice if those got unloaded. Mm -hmm. And it it was so, it was so impossible to say the words out loud. Mm -hmm. Could you unload the dishwasher real quick? I couldn't make myself do it. Yeah. It's hard. It's legit hard. Couldn't make those yeah words come out there are people in my life where I feel more comfortable actually asking than with more acquaintance people yeah well then there's other people that we pay 
for help. Mm-hmm. You know, like your daycare yeah. is so amazing. And you get like pictures of her and she runs in and loves to go there. And yeah. um, she actually prefers the daycare, doesn't she kind of right now? Yeah, she, um, she doesn't even look back and say goodbye. <laughs> as soon as the daycare open, like the door is open, she just is like, peace, mom, bye. And yeah. like just runs in because she's got her friends in there. They've got their dogs. Like they are just, mm-hmm. she's so happy there. We have a wonderful day. Yeah. Um, I know that you really like vacuuming and stuff. Like that's something you seem to really. It's something that I value because it's something that doesn't take a lot of time. But in my house where I have two dogs and two filthy little children, <laughs> it makes a big impact. So it's something I can do it in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. It makes things look nicer. It makes everything a little bit less filthy. Yeah. Um, I definitely have been learning to compartmentalize when it comes to cleaning because we had a lot of damage to our home during the derecho. And um, you couldn't have a clean house. No. There was like <laughs> you couldn't have a, clean house. a construction project for like nine months. Yeah. yeah. But I was going to say, so you like vacuuming. When my kids were little, at least not when I was in dental school, but by the time I was done and then I was a single mom really fast after um, I graduated, I paid someone to come into the house once a week. And that was a huge thing for me to not have to worry about the kids getting their fingerprints on things or spilling the syrup or whatever. I would do like a token job of cleaning it up and then I would let the cleaning lady take care of it. And I'd be like, this is something that I can get help on so that I can not be frustrated at my child and just focus on taking care of them instead of the sticky syrup or whatever it is. Yeah. You just kind of take it out of your mental load and just yes, get rid of it. Yes. And the other thing was that then I had a reason to tell the kids, well, we have to pick up because the cleaning lady is coming. So get those toys picked up or whatever. And it was, it was contrived, <laughs> but it was, um, it was effective for a while. Yeah, yeah it works. It works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you just kind of have to pick and choose about the things that you can let go of mm-hmm. that, you know, if you have the resources to have somebody come and clean your house once a week, or you decide that that's your priority. So you're going to put that extra money towards that or get um, your groceries delivered, get your groceries delivered, order diapers on Amazon. Exactly. Like you know, there are ways that you can kind of pick and choose to make things more streamlined for yourself, but also things that you can pick and choose to just kind of let go of, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't care if my, if people can see the shoes in my foyer when they walk into my home. Mm-hmm. I don't care if they wear shoes on my carpet because again, I have two filthy children <laughs> and the dogs. <laughs> Alice literally was outside in the dirt like two days ago just scooping up dirt and throwing it up and then letting it rain down on her <laughs> didn't I see a picture of her with like wood chips all over her hair too like was oh, she like hanging thing. out underneath the saw oh yeah. she was throwing, throwing it up. up and just yeah like saw, sawdust all up in her curly hair which was very easy to fresh out you know, actually you know what I'm going to put that picture on the show notes if that's okay that's really funny <laughs> maybe funny. the naked well no I can't do the naked one can I no sorry. Yes, naked. well there's I'll throw some good um pictures up on the show notes and that's um 
on loveyourpractice.net under the podcast um, section. We'll, maybe we can do some um, hippopotamus smile pictures too. Yeah, I've yeah. got lots of really good pictures from uh, my surgery was two years ago, you guys. Was two it years really? ago. Yeah. August 8th, 2019. That is crazy. I can't believe it's been two years and you still have a space. <laughs> I love you, Allison Ray. I love you. That's her. But let's get this done. <laughs> I love her. I love her. She's amazing. I love her. She really is. Um, do you have any other advice for moms of young children who are taking care of humans in their um, their profession as well? It's okay if they have too much screen time. <laughs> It's okay if they eat ramen noodles for breakfast. It's okay if they eat ice cream for dinner. They're not in any danger of starving to death. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Just do what works for your family. Don't do what works for the Pinterest family or the Instagram family. Do what works for your family. Since the derecho, when we were displaced from our home for a while, Walter will fall asleep with me 80% of the time. Mm -hmm. And then when Nick comes to bed, he picks him up. It's getting heavy, you guys. Mm -hmm. Probably because that ice cream for dinner. He does eat ice cream for dinner a lot. <laughs> I serve it with dinner. Well, I feel like ice cream is better than candy. I mean, it's not very different than cold cereal. It's really yeah. not. In fact, one day I was looking at yogurt versus ice cream and the ice cream had more protein and less calories. <laughs> and so I was like, there you go. I'll just find about this, yeah. you know, but like, it really is okay. Everybody's going to survive. And if you need to go into, um, not even crisis mode, but just not optimal mode, that's fine. It's mm -hmm. okay okay to just be mediocre yeah it's and okay to be mediocre <laughs> what I a terrible tagline no 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 I love it I used to say that all the time in in dental school people would say how do you do this mom and dental school thing at the same time and I said well I just make sure everything is mediocre and then I'm fine that so yeah I, I like that we both use that word <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think there are days that I wake up and I'm like, I can be a really fun mom today and we can do X, Y, Z and we can be really productive. And there are other days where you get home from work and the doctors were an hour late for the procedure. So you just stood there staring at your patient, trying to make small talk. And, mm -hmm. you know, maybe you're the doctor who is running an hour mm -hmm. late and you, mm -hmm. every patient that you see, you are feeling their anxiety roll off of them because mm -hmm. maybe now they're late to go pick up their kid or their, their day's been thrown off. So every person that you're encountering, you know, you're having to say that same, oh, I'm so sorry for the wait, you know, let's get this taken care of so, mm -hmm. as quickly as we can. And you're kind of absorbing that anxious energy off of them and you get home and you're just like and now I take care of small children yeah that's like a really hard transition it is and I just want to add so you uh, you said some things that are okay and I just want to add that it's okay to go to bed with or at the same time as your children and to just <laughs> yeah <sleep. laughs> find an opportunity to sleep in take a nap 
go to bed when they go to bed, even if the house isn't clean, you need the sleep more than you need the clean house. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Or like, and also the days that I wake up, like if I did have to go to bed and the house is a mess mm -hmm. and, um, and then the next morning, I'm just feeling so overwhelmed because of it. I've been playing this game where I trick my brain. <laughs> I like this. This sounds kind of like- Where I coaching. say, this is like, um, like if usually for laundry, I'll do one load of laundry every other day, keeping up with it, boom, 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 go straight back into their, their little whatever. But if I've worked all week and I've got like four loads of laundry, I make my bed. Step mm -hmm. number one, make your bed. And then, cause then you have this huge work surface and I'll tell myself, all you have to do is separate it. Mm -hmm. That's it. So grab all the towels out, throw those in a pile and then Nick's pile, my pile, Walter's pile, mm -hmm. Alice pile. And then if I want to walk away, I can walk away. Mm -hmm. But if I'm doing okay, then okay, pull out the pajamas and match those. Mm -hmm. Okay, now, you know, and however you organize your laundry, but just let yourself walk away if you need to, but tell yourself you only have to do this one little part. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I only have to put away the dishes. All I'm going to do is just put these away and yeah. then we'll see how I feel. Yeah. But yeah. usually... Your brain is like, oh, well, I'm already here. So yeah, let's just do it. More. Yeah. I do the same thing when I exercise. I'll put on my clothes and I'll go, I'm going to run if I want and I'm going to walk if I want. And I'm going to take these steps however I decide I want to. Yeah. You know, and then maybe I'll say, all I'm going to do is I'm going to run the downhills. I'm going to walk the uphill or something. And then when I'm running, I'm like, well, maybe I could run up this hill a little bit. Yeah. Or I could start before I get to the top, you know, yeah. the top of the hill or something. But it's a nice way to trick yourself into doing something instead of thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, this is a huge project. It's going to take me forever. And then tomorrow there's going to be more. Yeah. And I, I definitely, in this last year, I've been compartmentalizing my house a lot. Mm -hmm. Like um, after the derecho, when we started um, like the cleanup and the rebuilding process, we just threw a ton of stuff down the basement. Yes. And I just wouldn't go down there. Yeah. Just don't go down in the basement. Just don't see it. Just keep that door shut. Don't see it. Don't see it. <laughs> and then when we started to clear out the basement, um, the garage was full of things and we have this kind of bathroom down there. And I was like, nobody's using that bathroom. So I use it as a, the shower stall. I use it as a giant closet and I then I that. just pulled the curtain, curtain shut the curtain was over the closet yes <laughs> just don't see it don't see it. and it was fine no <laughs> it wasn't bothering anybody and then somebody was coming to visit me and I was like oh crap that's their bathroom I have to clean up that shower but it was much easier to just bite off those little bits um and just kind of compartmentalize like today I only have to put away this this one tote of things after the kids go to bed yeah or today I'm going to let Walter watch his iPad in bed and for quiet time after Alice goes down because Alice goes down first, mm -hmm. you know, so that you have that little bit of decompression time and that little bit of not mothering time. Yeah, because when you're taking care of humans and then you're taking care of humans at night too, yeah. it's, it's a lot. Yeah. If any of you listening are, if you're in that stage of your life, we get it. We've been there and listen to Marla's advice. Just don't see it. Just don't see it. <laughs> I 
hope that that's the title of this podcast. Just don't see it. Just don't see it. Like, I see dead people. <laughs> just don't see it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if we can make it that. But, but yeah, this has been so fun. I really feel like um, my listeners could just benefit from being able to take you out for lunch and have you listen and paint the reality for them. But this podcast will have to do. And I just, I'm so proud of you and I look up to everything. Um, you should, that you should start selling that. Um, lunch with the Bailey sisters. Because nobody will light you up like the Bailey sisters will. That's true. We'll tell you your shirt looks good on you. Yeah, we are so good tell at you're doing a good job. Just fill you up. Just fill up your cup. Yeah. We're good at that. We'll monetize that. Oh, yeah. Figure it out. Right. We'll let you know when that comes out. And, yeah. oh, that's our new, that's my new retirement plan. Yeah. It'll be your side hustle. Love with Marla. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, this was fun. I'm going to press stop. Thank you for listening to Love Your Practice with Dr. Laura Mock. I would love to meet you. To join our movement, find the Facebook group called Love Your Practice and request to join. If you can't find it, just send me a message and I'll add you. You'll find me there helping all of my ladies to fall in love with their businesses and have a better life.